are Lindsay Goldward, author of Bow Down, Lessons from Dominatrixes on How to Get Everything You Want. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. I never thought to myself... I want to feel empowered. I literally want to walk into a room. I want to throw my bag down on the table and I want to turn to a room full of men and I want to say, what you're doing is terrible and you're going to listen to me. Listen up, assholes. Things are going to change around here. That's like my 80s movie fantasy. Imagine just for a moment, a world where the usual power dynamic is turned on its head, where women not only stop apologizing, but seize and enjoy their control. This is the quickly mainstreaming world of BDSM, bondage, discipline, sadism, masochism. And it has a lot to teach women about empowerment, negotiation, open-mindedness, and more, according to my guest today, Lindsay Goldward, who is a popular podcaster and personal finance expert and stand-up comedian. She has traveled across the United States to meet the stars of this subculture who spoke frankly with her about their lives and their work. In Bow down Lindsay's book, These Alpha Women Show You How You Can Reset the Power Dynamic in Any Situation to Get What You Want, whether it's from your partner, your boss. They share strategies for revolutionizing not only your sex life, but your career, your relationships, and your money. Here's Lindsay Goldwert. Lindsay Goldwert, welcome to So Money and congrats on your new book, Bow Down, Lessons from Dominatrixes on How to Get Everything You Want. Well, 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 aren't we going to have a good conversation today? Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. So interesting. And and I, I cannot wait to learn more about your background. Listeners, uh, just so you know, I learned about Lindsay on Twitter. Um, I, I follow some really cool people on Twitter and I consider you, Lindsay, one of the funniest people I follow on Twitter who also has great insights and keeps me learning along the way, but you make it fun. You definitely do. Your background's personal finance in the sense that that's a lot of what your career has been uh, about. You worked at Stash. I think you have a podcast and a very popular one at that. And then you have now this book, which I'm not really sure, does it have anything to do with money? Is it how do I get everything I want in my financial life or just in general? So it's in general, but as I've been working on promoting the book, I've been and thinking about the book, there are a lot of tie-ins with money for sure. Uh, I so the book itself is called Bow Down: Lessons from Dominatrixes on How to Get Everything You Want. And initially, the idea was that it was going to be a business book. I had this idea that oh, I'm going to ask these women about how to speak with authority and how to negotiate and how to you know get, you know, men to grovel at my feet when I walk into a, into a conference room. And there's some of that is in there for sure. But the women I ended up speaking to, um, were so different than what I thought they were going to be. They ended up, um, they were so kind and nice and empathetic and generous, and they didn't have answers for me. They had some techniques and they had some philosophies, but really, um, the book ended up being more about how to be confident in yourself, how to project your best self, um, how you should not apologize for certain things, how there's no such thing. How, when I started writing the book, women asked me, ask the doms how I cannot feel like a bitch 
for asking for what I want at work. And so many women asked me that, like women I used to work with who have very, very executive positions. And, and I, that was a question I asked the doms and they all had really interesting, great insights into it. So it was a book about, about power. It's using the lens of BDSM, you know, um, consent, negotiation, boundaries, safe words, and how you can use those in your regular life to get what you deserve and to ask for what you want. So there's a lot of ways that you could talk about your money. Yeah. Well, we'd rather talk about sex than money half the time. <laughs> They're my two favorite topics. Yeah, we'd rather and this is this is a perfect combination of that. Yeah. Where were you when you got the idea for this book? I always ask authors with especially authors that have really interesting theses or book ideas like okay, where did you come up with it? Well, where were you with this aha moment? Were you in the shower? <laughs> I am always in the sh- always in the shower. No, I mean, I've always, I was, I was thinking about pitching a personal finance book and I couldn't think of anything that really interested me. There's so many incredible personal finance writers out there, present company included, and I'm not a CFP. I just, I couldn't think of something that would really would be funny that I, well, I couldn't think of what I could say that would be different. And I've always had an interest, um, and interesting people. I believe that, uh, I've always been very interested in sex and different kinds of cultures. And I've just always wanted to hang out with dominatrix because I've always been kind of obsessed with the icon of the dominatrix. I just thought, you know, it was almost like a, a joke. Like, wouldn't it be great to ask a dominatrix, you know, how to negotiate your raise? <laughs> and, and that's literally what it came What did from. she say? What is the dominatrix advice for raising, raising your income? You know, I think it's these. The book was interesting because no one had an, an, an actual answer. You know, the different people, but they. One thing you need to do is you need is that you need to have the confidence of of data behind you. You know, don't come in with how you feel and all the things you you think you don't deserve. Just you come in with your with your job description and you tell them you tell them what you've done and you you tell them the other work you've taken on and you show your progress over time and you let that be and you put that forth because that that's, you can't argue with that so it's nothing to do with your feelings about how you were raised how your math teacher was mean to you you just you have to try to put all that behind you and just let your performance speak for itself and that's how you ask for a raise how did you connect with these dominatrixes? I assume it's sort of like you find a couple and then they refer you, but how did you kind of get into this world as a, as a reporter? So that's exactly what happened. I reached out to, um, I signed up to take a workshop, um, with this dominatrix. Her name is Simone justice. And she, uh, ended up not being able to have the workshop, but I, I, I reached out to her and I said, Hey, I signed up for your class. I didn't get a chance to meet you, but I'm writing this book about the philosophy of, of BDSM and the philosophy of dominatrixes and how to get what you want. Um, and with confidence and authority and, and she was a little reticent to talk to me at first. I don't think a lot of sex workers and professional dominatrixes have had very good experience with the press, but I really just threw myself um, at her mercy and I just swore up and down that it was going to be treated with so much respect and so much love and that I was writing this book, not just for readers, but also for myself. I also wanted to know how I could be a better advocate for myself. I wanted to know what it'd be like to walk into a room and and say, listen up, fellas, <laughs> you know, like you're going to listen to me, you know, so I'm in charge. I'm in charge because people talk about empowerment, but I'm not interested in empowerment. I, I just want power. So I, uh, so she said, um, well, I will help you get into DomCon. She got me a press pass to DomCon, a dominatrix convention it happens twice a year. And that was one of the most amazing experiences I've ever had. Uh, I got to sit in the back of the room and 
sit in on all these these workshops that these doms put on for each other. A lot of it was about finances. A lot of it was about marketing. A lot of it was about mental health. It was just about, it was like any other industry convention, uh, skill sharing. But I learned uh, a lot about, I saw a lot of parallels between what they do and the life of a freelancer. And I also saw how our lives are not similar and how they have a lot more challenges than I have. And uh, it was just a very, and I just met them and I just, you just have to be real as a reporter. You just have to be kind, gracious, but also a little relentless. And if someone says no, say, well, who else can I talk to? Who else can I talk to? But I really took a lot of care to be as respectful as I could be and to really, you know, prove to them that I was worth talking to. Something you just said I wrote down because it really kind of stopped me in my tracks and it kind of has unleashed this, uh, train of thought that I want to explore. I want to go down this. I want to explore this with you because I think this is really interesting. So you said, I don't want empowerment. I want power. I think this is such an interesting conversation to have because so much of the financial literacy conversation, especially when it is catering to women and for women, you know, you're, we have to be very careful about the word choices that we use because I know for a fact that like when I tell a woman that she should strive to be more powerful or that money is power. Like sometimes it doesn't like resonate. We soften the tone. We say empowerment because we think of power as like the white male power and, you know, the, the rich greedy guy in the ivory tower. And we don't think of it necessarily in a positive light. I want to ask you what, first of all, you think about a lot of the conversations that are happening right now with regards to women and, and financial empowerment as it is? And do you think it's working? And do you think that there are improvements that we need to be making as far as how we're communicating all of this? Because it's important, you know, at the end of the day, I don't care how it's being communicated. Honestly, I just want, I want the results, right? So whatever, whatever speaks to you speaks to you, but there's, you made a very interesting distinction and I want to kind of ask you more about that. Do you have like deep thoughts about this? Oh yeah. In a big way. So, uh, I have, uh, yeah, I thought about in in one of the chapters of the book, there's a, there's a chapter about dressing for power. And I actually worked with this amazing latex designer, um, on this chapter. Uh, She designs costumes for, she's done some stuff for Beyonce, for, uh, for Lady Gaga. She did a lot of the latex costumes for Pose. And we talked a lot about dressing for power. And I started thinking about my, my power fantasy. If you really just let yourself think about what you really want, there's like really just go into your base desires. And I, I never thought to myself, I want to feel empowered. I literally want to walk into a room. I want to throw my bag down on the table and I want to turn to a room full of men. And I want to say, what you're doing is terrible. And you're going to listen to me. Listen up, assholes. Things are going to change around here. That's like my 80s movie fantasy. Okay. And it's very real to me. And, and I think that and I think, and the difference between empowerment, I, I don't, I, I just have trouble with that word because to me, it's like yoga mats. Empowerment is, it's journal covers. It's not what it's, it's not, it's not, no longer means what it's supposed to mean, in my opinion. It's become very watered down. You know, it used to mean something very political and now it can mean something, it's like something that you see on like a post-it. So for me, I, I, that word has never meant anything to me, you know, because to me that seems like kind of a, I, I don't know. It's so nebulous. When I think of power, I think, and it, I want what men have. Okay. I want that big 
eclectic energy for myself. I want to walk into your room. I want people to not be afraid of, maybe a little afraid of me. I want, I do. And I think about, and so your book, about, so it's not lean in for you. It's like, be afraid. <laughs> be it's, feared. It's, I think I, I think at one point I say in the book, it's like, you know, I, I say I was tired of being told to lean in. I want to tell people to fuck off, you know, and, and I want that's what I want. It's you kind know, of like I, what my 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 co-founder in She Stacks, Kendra. I'm like, I don't want equality. I want retribution. <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. And I don't think there's any. I just think that we're lying to ourselves when we say we don't want. Like when it's so funny when you said like, oh, a greedy man that walks into a greedy white dude. It's like I want what that. Like, like I want that. Who? Did, why does he get that for himself? I want that. Why do you think it's so hard for us to shout that from the rooftops? We often have difficulty, everything from believing that we're worth it, talking about money and, and feeling like it's okay to want money, to want to make more money. Like there's this ickiness that's associated with it. And where does that come from? You know, I, I mean, that's literally what the whole book is about is, is literally about like, why do we have so much trouble asking for what we want? You know, whether it's money or, or, or intimacy or, you know, kindness from our friends. Why do we have trouble saying I want? That's what the whole book is about. It's like, why can't I say I want? And there's a million reasons why there's, you know, you know, it depends how you were raised. Sometimes, you know, we're sort of raised to be a little bit more pleasing. We know we want the other person to think we're nice. You know, we don't want, we, we try so hard to play nice with other people, you know, and, and there's a, there's a million reasons why we get pushed back on our the back foot when we try to ask for what we want. We, cause, and if you're the only woman in the room, it is so hard to, to just let it hang there to say, I need you people to do this and just let it hang there. That's, that's, that's hard, you know, and to feel alone, but that is the hottest thing. And I think connecting sexual power with financial power is pretty interesting too. Like it is hot when you walk into your room and you say, this is what's going to happen. It's hot. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, and you don't have to, and, and men know that for themselves, they are getting off on a power trip. And I don't know, there's something very visceral about power that it goes into like, why do we love superhero movies? Why are we obsessed with like, with, you know, super villainesses? Why are we obsessed with, with, you know, with true crime? You know, we all, we all have this within ourselves, you know, we all contain these very passionate multitudes. And I think to water it down to say, I want to feel empowered. It's like, no, you want to, you want people to listen to what you have to say. You want people to give you what you deserve. And you need to have that energy to say like, actually, no, you're not going to rip me off. Actually, no, you're not going to give me something to sign where I haven't read it yet. Like, actually, no, like I'm going to think about this before I sign it. These are all things that say I deserve it. Like you're not going to pull one over on me because I'm worth it. I deserve it. I deserve this extra time. And and who are you? to? You know? And this is all, I don't know. And this, I don't know if I was just inspired by the doms, you know, or inspired by a lot of behaviors that men do yes. that I'm like, why do they get to do that? Why can't I well, do that? And the reason there is no reason I can't do it. I just have to train myself to do it. I think with the doms versus like everyday life, when you're a dom and you're in that world, there is an expectation that you can behave like that and you will, you will receive. But in the real world, women behave like this and we're punished a lot of the times. It's not just our inner voices, like literally the other person, the other end of the negotiating table is like, who does she think she is? That's actually what happens a lot of the times. So how do you combat that? Because in the real world, there is no role playing in the sense that within the Dom world, like everyone knows their role. I can be powerful and demanding as a dominatrix and the other partner is going to kind of like expect that. That's the expectation. 
but in the real world, not so much. So how do we reconcile that? So I think that's a really good question. You know, I think taking on this sort of alpha role and like being sort of like the dom of your office, it doesn't, it never means being cruel. It never means being insensitive. It doesn't mean being demanding or bossy. All these things are, are, are nobody wants an unreasonable shitty boss. You know, the question is being in control of what you do every day, using data to back up all your accomplishments, knowing that your team feels safe reporting to you, that you're a good boss and you keep things running smoothly. These are the things that people want to be controlled. And it's not, it doesn't have to be in a bad way. What do we all want from a great manager? Someone who can tell us what we need can keep things moving in a smooth way, but we can rely on them and, and we understand a chain of command. That's what everybody wants in a manager. You know, they don't want someone that's, and that makes you a good manager, not the fact that you're like an authoritarian. Like a bad boss is a bad boss, you know? And, and, and I think that saying, and, and a boss is a boss. I'm very anti like girl boss or bitch boss. I think all that stuff just genders you. Like just be a boss, just own what you do in the workplace. Just, just be, you know, just, just take control. Your team needs you. And when you are out, you are not replaceable. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's the difference is, is that people think that it has nothing to do with, and also men play role, men role play all the time with all that Harvard business review, like code switching, everyone's role playing and playing games anyway. So it's not just, so it's, it's all Yes. There's a lot of, if you took my book and put it up against a Harvard review business book, I bet you could find a lot of parallels to be honest. Yes. So, my, my friend is actually um, researching uh, phone sex operators operators and yes. like, is actually role playing as that to kind of understand how to apply some of that, those skills into business. And she's learning a lot probably about just not just business, but herself along the way. Sure. What did you, what did you learn about yourself? Oh my God, so much. I, this whole so I I quit my job in in February to write this book, which was really scary. Um, that's not the world's greatest financial decision, but it was uh, it was something I really wanted to do. I was at a phase in my life where I felt there was a time to write a book that I was. I had, it was, it was something I've always wanted to do. I was in a really funny place in my life. I said I was mid-marriage, been with my husband for like 15 years. Um, and I was mid-career, I'm 40. And I just, I, I just had to take a break and figure out like who I was and to just take that, take that time. And when I was interviewing these women initially, as I said, it was going to be sort of a business book. And there is some business stuff in the book for sure. Um, but the more I talked to them, the more I just was asking them questions about myself, about questions I had. Like, how do you keep communication in a marriage working after a long time? How do you a advocate for your own ideas when you secretly you think of yourself as like that 11th grader that your teacher said was dumb? You know, how do you, you know, how do you dress yourself when you your teacher really, told you you were dumb. I had, I had some very mean teachers. Um, how do you like dress yourself when, you know, you really have no clue what your body really like looks like or feel like, well, you, you know, all these things where you get your, how do you cope with yourself and how do you know how you've changed the idea of, of, of like, you're not the same person at 40 as you were when you were 20. Well, how have you changed and how can you kind of honor the person who you are now. And these are the questions I was asking. And this is what the book ended up becoming was this, is the book is about evolution and using this tenets of BDSM, also figuring out who I was sexually. That's definitely part of it too. You know, I mean, I mean, sex is one of my favorite topics. Sex education is very important to me. And it was just interesting using sex as a lens to talk about everything else made a lot of sense to me. But all the ways I let people kind of walk all over me and how I didn't let myself be heard and all the ways I did things in life, you know, 
in a lot of ways to please the other person. And I would just be kind of sulk or be passive aggressive about it when, and the book is also about extreme communication to be kind, honest, and direct. And to just, and sometimes we have to start the commun- the, the conversation first. And that's something the book helped me with enormously was, you know, was, was, being the one that has to start the, cause if the other person doesn't have the words, you have to be the one that has the words and it's not fun to be that person, um, in a marriage or in a friendship, but you just, you, it has to, it, it saves marriages. It's, it's what saves marriages ultimately it does. Is, is your voice, is your voice. You, uh, are a standard comedian, which I also admire in you. And <laughs> I have to ask, how much is this inspiring your jokes on stage? Are you, uh, what do you like to, to talk about on stage as a, are there themes? What do you pull from, in, from life? So I haven't done stand up in a little while, but I'm going to be, I'm trying to think about ways that I can take this book on the road and combine it with a little bit of comedy too, because, you know, sex, money and comedy, it's all this, to me, it's all fodder for laughter and pain. Yes. You know? It's yes. all everyone's favorite topic. If we're not laughing, we're crying. It's all the same. It's all the same feeling to me. Uh, but I found that people said, oh, it must have been so crazy going to all these dungeons and meeting all these crazy people. It must have felt so strange to you. And it didn't. Um, you know, the kink community felt a lot like the comedy community. You know, there were a lot of cliques and people had their own idea of what comedy is. People have their own idea of what kink is. You know, people are very into, you know, people can get very hung up, you know, in the same way. Some people are very laid back and they have their own vision. Some people think they're artists. It's all very interesting. And in the end, just like comedy, you have to forge your own way and you have to kind of let go of labels and figure out how to be your best self, put your best vision of your comedy and your sense of humor and your authenticity out in the world. You know, the same thing is true with, with kink too. Like your kink is not going to be like anyone else's. And if you try to, and the more you limit yourself, the might more you may be, but some people also want to just be what into what they're into. But I think it's, I, I prefer to hang out with people that are not boring. That's my life goal is to, you know, I'm not, I'm not interested in talking to to CEOs about winning. I'm interested in talking to comedians about losing because I think the lessons from them are, are more valuable and funnier and interesting. Um, on my podcast, my podcast, um, it's called spent. Yes. And I tell just us about it, that. Yes. Yeah, so I, I just brought it back. Um, but I, I started in 2016 and 2017. Um, and I interviewed comedians and some economists and some journalists about, um, their biggest financial mistakes. And the comedians were the best guests because they have no filter and they are not afraid to talk about their financial mistakes, which are not different, that different from a lot of our financial mistakes. They just might be a little more grandly told, <laughs> a little right. more, you know, and, but they were all stories about medical, you know, not being able to pay their medical bills, about taking a financial risk that probably, you know, on their credit cards. Um, one of my guests was one of my favorite episodes talked about how he got involved in white collar crime. Another one, uh, one, another one made a lot of money when he was young and never paid taxes on it. So these are all stories that are that are amazing stories because these people are an amazing storytellers and they're funny, but people would listen to these stories and they would laugh and they'd also feel a little bit better. First of all, you know, you're not that guy. And also because these stories are very universal and I think that it's, I, I'm a big believer. I just don't like stories about people who just win all the time. I don't, I don't believe that. I think with com with comedians and other people who work in entertainment and celebrities, there's so many, there's so many directions you can go and there's so much depth to 
how they got to be where they are and how much they're making. Because I mean, everything from like what you just described to then I was on a, I was on an event and Steve Harvey was on stage talking about how he had really made it at one point. You think of him now as like always having made it, but he had so many ups and downs. And there was this one point in his career, he was doing really well. He said he was making $10 million a year just on this one show. And his accountant was, was embezzling, um, Ugh. and wasn't, depositing his checks. Like he was depositing his checks to himself and not sending that to the IRS or whatever he was doing. And so basically for years, um, Steve was not paying the IRS unbeknownst to him. And now had he been checking his bank account, maybe he would have been like, did you actually, did it actually go through? Because I don't, um, you know, but I guess how would he know? He was writing the checks and then he just never saw well, them again. Because because people, I mean, that's true for some, one of my yeah. favorite comedians. Her name is Maria Bamford. She's my absolute favorite comedian. She talks a lot about that because when you're afraid of your money, when you pay someone to deal with it because you don't yeah. want to deal with it, you're an artist. It's just not your thing. You were told it's not your thing. I can relate to this very much. Um, she had a manager who also embezzled money from her and she, and, and she was so ashamed of herself. She was so embarrassed. Aww. She felt so stupid. Like people, you, you blame your Yourself. Yeah. And, but she now talks a little bit more about that and that experience so people can just not be so terrified of their money. And especially if you are an artist, you know, I, if I could do anything, it would be, you know, talking about, you know, personal finance for liberal arts majors, you know, like we didn't, we think of ourselves as not being math people or not being, you know, you know, like, oh, like I'll pay someone to do that for me, you know, because I can just create my art. And I, and it is intimidating to have put on those two hats for yourself. But people, you have to know that if someone says to you like, oh, you don't need to worry about that, that you should probably worry. Yeah. You know, and, and that's, that's the thing. But we want people to say, we want people to take care of us. We want someone to say, you don't have to worry about that. There's nothing wrong with feeling relieved when someone says that to you, but you have to take that extra step and say, yeah, and I want that too, but let me just take a look once in a while. I know it, but there's, I just don't want people to feel like there's anything wrong with wanting to be taken care of, but you also have to know that you might not be actually getting right. taken care of. Right. And people, and people will, will take advantage of you, of that desire of you want to be taken care of by, and that's, that's really hard too, because I am in my own way, kind of an, an innocent and I can't imagine taking advantage of another person like that, especially another, an artist, but, but that's a great story. And Steve Harvey sharing that story is huge. Yeah. And how he, he went on to rebuild his career, like he basically had to, over the course of many years, like pay back $20 million or whatever. Oh my it was. God. Yes. It was, it was not easy. Um, so, so much more respect for him now knowing like, I know now why he's the hardest working person they say in show business, because he's he lost has everything. He has, and to he has to be. And, and he's, and it's happened to him twice. He's like been poor, broke twice in his life. He's, and he's even after experiencing wealth. So it's 2020. I don't know if you, uh, set resolutions, but you know, as we look ahead, um, our sponsor Chase is actually curious to know if you're looking to any financial goals in the new year. Do you have anything you want to accomplish? Yes, definitely. So my financial goal, so I have my first LLC, which is very exciting. So yeah, that was, you know, that was interesting for me to think that I was worth setting up my own company. I had a lot of internal battles really? with that. You what? Know, what would this company be? Oh my What totally. would a Dom do? I, I, you know, you know, doms are dressed like you and me. They have the same internal struggles, but I just said to myself, this is the goal I want to accomplish. I need to, you know, if I need to set up an LLC, so for legal reasons to protect myself, it's not that hard. And people do it every day. Like, like I had to give myself like a pep talk. People set up LLCs every day. You don't have to be 
a rocket scientist. Just do it. So I had to, I had to dumb myself, you know? Um, so I want to, my, my financial goal for the year is just keep that going and just keep it solvent. It's also to literally be more organized with my finances to just stay on top of it and to make, to not have that feeling of let someone else do it for me. It's like, no, I have to do it for me. Even though I don't want to, it's like eating my vegetables. No, I have to do it. Um, so that's my financial goal. And my financial goal also is just be able to keep, keep promoting the book and keep figuring out what I want to do and say and travel and promote and, and be this advocate for, you know, sex education and financial literacy and for, and for power versus empowerment, um, for the rest of the year, it's not easy to, to quit a full-time job. You know, it's not easy to say goodbye to a steady income, to take a risk on the things you want to do in life. Um, I have a lot of dreams and passions. I, I want to write a novel. You know, I, I just have a lot of adventure in my heart and I, I'm, just like you can't have everything, you can't buy everything, you can't do everything, but I want to. So I'm trying to, so, um, and there's nothing wrong with wanting things. Well, I just came out of a coffee with my good friend, Susie Moore, who is one of the most confident people I know. And she said to me, Farnoosh, lean into your joy, lean into your joy. And I was like, that's going to, I'm going to like put that on a piece of cardboard paper and put that up on my new house when I move in. I'll put on something fancier. Wanted to share that with you as it sounds like you're already aware of that and doing that. But yes, uh, you know, it's one thing to lean into it, but it's another thing you have to also to get, get your bills paid for sure. So I'm trying to find that, that ratio between getting bills paid and also like you really do only live once. And that was the other thing is writing this book really helped me figure out the things that interest me, the things that I'm good at. Also figuring out what I want to do versus what I can do was really important because I can do a lot of jobs. Um, but I'm at an age now where I don't have to just do the things I can do. And I'm confident enough to know that there are things that I want to do that I, that I can do well because I'm really good at them as opposed to like, well, I guess I could do that. You know, there's all these things can kind of push your confidence down when you start to lose faith in your, in your abilities. Like, well, maybe I could do this instead, or I can do that instead. It's like, no, this is what I'm good at. I'm good at talking about money in a relatable way. I'm good at listening to smart people, elucidate financial concepts and then explaining them to liberal arts majors. I love talking about sex. I love talking about sex and I love helping people feel comfortable in themselves. And I want people to I like making people laugh. And if I can figure out a way to make some money doing it and bring some happiness and joy to my life and theirs and having some good, dirty conversations while I'm doing it, then that's, that's what I want out of this world. Lindsay, thank you so much for coming on here and sharing all this great advice and your energy is exactly what we need as we kick off a new decade. Oh, everything you said, I've been writing it down. So inspiring. And we look forward to seeing what's next for you. Awesome. And you can find me on Twitter. That's Lindsay Goldwert, um, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y-G-O-L-D-W-E-R-T on Twitter. And uh, and this was so great. You're, you're a hero of mine and I'm so honored oh, to be here. Oh my gosh. Well, it sounds like we have a lot of similar interests and I would love to just grab a coffee and take this offline. And everybody definitely follow Lindsay on Twitter. She's one of the funniest people on there. And um, you'll learn something along the way too. And your podcast is called Spent. And the book again, tell us. The book is called Bow Down Lessons from Dominatrixes and How to Get Everything You Want. 
and spent podcast is available wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And um, there is a sex and money mini series that I just put out in December that talks about, um, I, I talked to a, a porn star about her royalties and I talked to two doms about marketing and building your brand. And I talked to a economist about risk and I talked to a sex toy CEO about, about advertising. It's a really fun mini series and I hope you guys enjoy it. Thanks, Lindsay. Have Happy New Year. Happy New Year. You can learn more about Lindsay on her website, spentpodcast.com. And you can connect with her on Twitter, like I mentioned, at Lindsay Goldwert. Definitely do that. All right, tonight's the night, everybody. Financial bingo takes over the city. I am your host. <laughs> it's my dream come true. Everybody who's joining me at Luminary tonight, can't wait to see you all. Uh, if this goes well, hope it does. There will be many more financial bingo nights. And if I have anything to say about it, it is going to be drag financial bingo. Did you know that drag bingo is a thing? It is amazing. I've gone to one of these events with my friends in the city, had a blast. And I thought, hmm, let's maybe mix this up and do like drag financial bingo. It's just an evening of drag, learning about money, connecting with your friends, having a blast and winning some cool prizes. So that's hopefully what 2020 has in store for all of us. But tonight is the night. It's our test run of financial bingo at Luminary. And I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for everybody who signed up. And I'll be sure to tell you how it goes. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. I hope your day is so money. Money.